Welcome Marvelites to an all-new edition of the MC Exchange Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'll be your host for this episode. With me is Charles. What's up? Glad to be back. And Joe. Hello. And shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, Podbean, over at YouTube as well. And uh, we're going to run down the latest news about the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the past week. There's been so many news that have been going around. And let's dig in. Uh, we're going to go to our first segment called The Rundown. We're going to break down the latest news about the MCU. And first off is the Sony's Mor- Morbius trailer has been released. And there's a, there's a huge connection to the MCU. Actually, there are several connections to the MCU. Charles, what do you think? Is this legit or is this... Um, is this a, a sign of big things to come for the Sony-verse? Oh, boy. Okay, so there are a lot of things here to talk about. Um, the fucking PS4 poster of the Raimi costume and the actual cameo of, you know, <laughs> Eden as Adrian Toomes. Um, as, uh, talking about the trailer, I honestly laughed at it because how, of how seriously it took itself. Like, when he starts sort of explaining his powers, like, I legit laughed out. Like, this guy is explaining how vampire powers work, as if we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> shit, I don't know how, how connected this is going to be. Um, part of me thinks it's going to be as connected as the as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as the Netflix shows. Like, they're going to have, um, they're going to have posters of, MCU events. They're gonna talk about maybe like Tom Holland Spider Man. Maybe they're gonna talk about the the uh, Thanos' invasion. But for the most part, I don't think the MCU is gonna address it unless the, they do something huge with Michael Keaton. Let's say halfway through the movie, Morbius breaks out, Michael Keaton and everyone in prison. Then it's gonna be hard for the MCU to pretend Michael Keaton's still in jail when they yeah. go back to the own Spider-Man film. So uh, that's the only way I can see sort of something coming together between the two companies. But uh, if anything, I'm not gonna put it past Sony for this Michael Keaton cameo to be in the end. Like, Morbius mm. breaks out of prison and we say Michael Keaton, and that's it. Sup, Doc? He says that, and we're we're never gonna see him again. Maybe that's what happens, but. As far as I'm concerned, it's going to be as connected as the Netflix shows. That's really pretty hard to ignore, given that the major villain will show up in a Sony movie. Major villain of a Spider-Man, of Spider-Man MCU, it's going to show up in there. And Joe, what do you think? Um, do you think um, that uh, the rumored cameo of J. Jonah Jameson will happen there? Because that's one of the rumors going around uh, before the trailer uh, even show, 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 showed up. I, I could see it happening. I, I think they're trying to bank on anything they can get their hands on. I mean, I, I agree with Charles. I think it's just going to be merely references. The only thing what could be is that, for example, Feige gave them pointers on what's going to happen in the third film. And so they kind of work around it. So with Adrian Toomes getting out of prison, maybe that's a plot point that's kind of glossed over, but not directly referenced to Morbius in the Spider-Man 3 it's it's really hard because J. Jonah Jameson, they have a character they can easily use. Sony used him in their marketing as well. So it seems like the go-to character that kind of either have running in the background, talking, or keeping us up to date what's happening with the Spider-Man storyline while still keeping Morbius focused on Morbius himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to say exactly where they're heading with this. Uh, I mean, Venom was... They already wanted to connect Venom 
But now Morbius is the most obvious one, but I also agree that I think the tombs scene is a post-credit sequence because it just feels like it was inserted into it just to be like, hey, we have him too. <laughs> I mean, if, if anything, let's say the Spider-Man 3 comes out, maybe the first scene is sort of like a news report of a prison breakout. That's it. It's like uh, Spider-Man... Yeah, like Spider-Man's identity is revealed to the public. Oh shit, here's a prison breakout. Oh, no, oh shit, Scorpion and Vulture have escaped. And mm. oh no, this, this is going to be the main thing. That's, I think that's the best the MCU can give in terms of like acknowledgement. But no way in hell, it's fucking Jared Leto going to show up in an MCU movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Fe- Kevin Feige gave them a guide, like a guide with restrictions, like a map. In a wall, like you don't have to do this, you don't have to show this, but you can show this. No, I, I can imagine that sort of discussion going behind the scenes with, between Sony yeah. and Marvel Studios. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's kind of yeah. funny to think that this is also how they acted or how they coordinated with Marvel TV. And as soon as he nabbed Marvel TV, he just used that strategy with Sony. I wonder <laughs> if history will repeat. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's funny that. Sony is becoming, it's, it's sort of getting treated the way Marvel TV got treated for the past shit, like seven years. Now they're, they're sort of going to be like the bastard canon of the MCU. Yeah, and one thing for sure, guys, Tom Holland will not be there. Tom Holland will not show up in Morbius. I don't, I don't know if, if, uh, if it will. I think it's pretty much confirmed that he will not show up there. And the, the recent rumor shows that he will show up in Venom 2, but I don't know if it's confirmed yet. Mm. It's a rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I were Tom Holland, I would opt to just cameo in Venom too, in Morbius. At least, yeah. you know, if he shows up in Venom. It's Tom Hardy. It's a, it's probably Spider-Man's arch nemesis, I guess, mm-hmm. instead of Green Goblin. But yeah, Venom is a. I I'd prefer to see that than him showing up in Morbius. Yeah. Last last point. Um, do you think Tom Hardy will show up in Morbius, like a simple cameo in the post credit scene? Because to establish that connection, that hey, we're in the same universe. Uh, well, I, I think at this point you might as well. What do you think, Joe? Mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to pop up out of nowhere. Was that a vampire? And then just leave again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those one and done cameos, right? Like yeah. just walking by. Have you seen that like, old movie, Dracula? Keanu Reeves one? <laughs> no, like a reference by by Peter Parker with his classic. Did you see that old movie Dracula? I think oh, that just happened. Right. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I could I could see him mentioning that in the MCU Spider Man movie. Like he he yeah. asks, "Have you seen the fucking Dracula?" I think I, I think I fought him on, like last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on to another big news. The latest. Black Widow trailer has recently premiered last Monday during football. And uh, wow, guys, so many Taskmaster action. Joe, what do you think? Um, what do you think of the Taskmaster scenes in that new trailer? I really liked it. Uh, I think we finally got a good look at Taskmaster because the first trailer just kind of teased him with the arrow shot. But it he looks really good. I like that they kind of visually just hinted at him copying her. And it's it's kind of it's well done in a way that uh, someone who doesn't know who Taskmaster is, like a lot of friends of mine, were just like, "Oh, is it another Black Widow that's under that costume, or someone who trained as a Black Widow?" 
So right now it kind of got because I'm still amazed that we don't know who it is. And it, we might have like an Iron Man 3 uh, scenario twist on us once again. So I, I think they're handling this really well. And it's it's a cool way. And I hope they kind of bank on it in the marketing to go like, who is Taskmaster? Yep. And uh, it disproves another theory that Rachel Wise character, Melina Vostokov, is not the Taskmaster. Because we've seen her in the same scenes with Taskmaster. It's mm-hmm. the same setting. Like in the fight with Red Guardian, and she's th- and she is there as well during that trailer. Charles, what do you think of um, uh, of, of the identity of this Taskmaster villain? Yeah, it's hard because you know I have some knowledge I can disclose on the record on mm-hmm. on Taskmaster's identity. At least who this character is not. Like, uh, there's a lot of theories, like you said about. Um, Taskmaster being Rachel Vice and and you know it's like their guess is that he's gonna be the obviously missing cast member from any of these promotional shots, which is OT Fat Ben Oh yeah. He was in Comic Con. They, they they showed him out. He was mm-hmm. introduced as mm-hmm. Mason, some sort of I guess Natasha's old flame, sort of like a like a micro sort of character in Punisher where he sort he's sort of the go-to person for for weapons and for weaponry and stuff. He's like the gadgets guy. Um, he's sort of the missing piece. So, I mean, obviously, sure. mm. if you get two and two together and make a good guess that it might be him, I think it mm. makes sense that it's him. But for mm. the most part, like, um, I should probably just share this after we we wrap this podcast. But I I I was I I specifically heard the specific scene about how Taskmaster gets introduced and it's pretty it sort of sheds light on oh shit I wonder who this guy is is under the mask so I guess that's all I can say about what I think or who I think Taskmaster is Uh and there's also there's been running rumors around Twitter that the Taskmaster mask is similar to an Ultron Ultron design mask and that um, Mm. I I have this running theory that he might be he might but I'm not saying that he is. He might be from Sokovia, and that's why he saw the Avengers fighting there. And but that's where he uh, copied the styles, the fighting style of the Avengers. I don't know. It's just pure speculation at this point. What do you think, Joe? I mean, the cool thing what they could do is is that we know that Zemo was part of this Sokovian army. He yeah. was like the general of it. So what they could do instead of him being a shield agent, that he is one of uh, da- uh, so one of Zemo's own soldiers who just was specialized in copying abilities. So they could play around with it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he just repurposed an Ultron mask. It it looks a little funny with the... He has the skull teeth, but like the goggles. So it's a yeah. it's an interesting combination. Um, but I kind of like the theory to play around with, to give him some more connections to what's happened in the past. But this does distinctly feel like a character that has some ties to Black Widow in a way. So I, I think that will be interesting how they explore that and maybe if there even is an explanation why he has the skull mask. Because knowing Marvel, they always kind of at least explain some elements if it's plot relevant, let's say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I sort of like the idea of him, him, Taskmaster, possibly being one of Zemo's soldiers. I mean, it certainly lent itself to the fan-favorite idea of Zemo starting the thunderbolts down the line like it makes sense if if let's say that is the case taskmaster is a ex sokovian echo scorpion skill squad member skill squad member and 
and Zemo needs a new team and he recruits him. It, it makes a lot of sense. With regards to the design, um, as much as I like sort of everything tying together, sort of everything being connected and like, you know, these, this Sokovian event inspired this character to do this, I think the design is just purely a design. Yeah, yeah it's, mm. maybe there are like similarities. I mean, inevitably, there are going to be similarities in terms of character design in the MCU. I mean, in, in yeah, Marvel Comics, it's going to be going to be overlapping. Oh, this character sort of looks like this, even though they have nothing to do with each other, but they're superheroes, so, you know, superheroes tend to look alike 50 years down their history. So I think mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, sort of, it's a similarity, that's it. But yeah. it's a pretty, it's a nice similarity. I mean, mm-hmm. if anything, I think, I don't think they need to explain why he has a skull mask. I mean, they sort of didn't explain why Crossbones had that sort of yeah. Helmet that didn't resemble the skull at all. It, it just True, sort of I didn't is. Even think it, of that, yeah. It's just the way it looks. I guess it's maybe it's an in- intimidation factor. You fucking fight a guy with a skull mask, you're sort of you're sort of gonna back down. You're not gonna fucking mess with this guy. So I think it's as simple as that. Um, I like the design, mm-hmm. especially if he, if he if he has the hood. Like all I'm at this point, I just want to see him have the cape. If he has the cape, I wouldn't mind the mask as much, but Give me that mm-hmm. cape because he has the sword, and I'm good with that. It's perfect. Going to be perfect. Yeah. But he, I have to say though, the first time I saw the goggles, I was thinking, is he going on a ski trip afterwards? <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It does sort of resemble that, like a ski a ski mask. Right. Okay. But the good news is, it, we're less than 104 days away before the premiere of Ooh. Black Widow, and we're gonna find out who is behind the mask when it premieres this May 1st of this year. And the next news is um, that sends shockwaves to the rest of the internet and to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Director Scott Derrickson is uh, departing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Charles, your thoughts? Yeah, I saw a lot of people say like how they how they state that they were over this departure. For me, I mean, I talked about it in my other podcast. I just sort of shrugged, like. Mm-hmm. Go move on. Not to re- be reductive and say Derrickson didn't do shit for for Doctor Strange. He did a lot, but it uh, the loss isn't as big as Edgar Wright leaving Ant Man because again, as I mentioned, Scott Derrickson's body of work isn't necessarily as celebrated as Edgar Wright's auto mm-hmm. sort of vision with regards. Oh, this is this is his movie. This is his style. This is his you know sort of penchant for storytelling. For the most part, I, I watch some of Scott Derrickson's movies. I'm, I'm a huge horror fan. I mean, Emily Rose is sort of like a... It has a cult following in terms of like exorcism movies, and it's pretty entertaining for the most part. But, you know, it's not a big loss. Like, as my friend Charles said, the only vision you have to trust here is Kevin Feige's. And mm-hmm. no matter who's manning the ship in each MCU film... Kevin Feige is sort of there to steer where he needs it to go. So it, it's, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing that the MCU functions this way. But for the most part, we've seen yeah. 23, 22 of success. And we got Endgame out of Kevin Feige's vision. So I trust him. And I'm pretty sure within the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out who's, who's going to take over. Because set to film just a couple of months. I, I mean, it's... 
for for the internet it was a bit a, an easy attack point once again because the director left and I, I think there was always this discussion. I, I agree. I think as long as Kevin Feige's behind the wheel, we still can trust that the story and where it's heading stay, remains consistent. Um, I'm sad to see Derrickson leave because he seemed really enthusiastic about bringing in more horror elements into the story. Um, I don't think that's the reason he left, uh, even though some are speculating that it's because Feige kind of backtracked on this being the first horror movie in the franchise. Yeah. But I, I think what really what it comes down to is that there I he uh, it was about time. And I think Scott Derrickson wanted more time to work on the film. He wanted to change some elements, speak, but at the same time he has the challenge that it seems WandaVision, potentially Loki, what if all these different Disney Plus series will connect to this movie. And I just think it and at the same time, it, it seemed to be a mutual, it was a mutual decision. So it's not like he was fired in any way, but they agreed that this just wasn't the way they were going. And I think that's an important point that's been kind of glossed over. We don't know the backstory of it, and I'm sad to see him go, but I'm I'm sure they'll find someone to fit those shoes. Even though I love that a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon to say, hey, Martin Scorsese, this is your chance to direct a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I think that 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 uh, it's presents an opportunity for other directors to step in and uh, uh, treat the Doctor Strange character. And uh, well, mm. on the flip side, it's still good news, and he will still continue to be in the franchise. He will continue to serve as the executive yeah. producer, and that's a good thing. He still he will still be there, especially production starts in May, previously rumored. And uh, I guess we're gonna find out the next director for the film. And now the next news is. Um, Hawkeye being delayed indefinitely, and uh, Joe, what do you think of this? Should should there should there be panic here? No, I I don't think there should be panic. Um, Hawkeye, what they're already fast tracking so many of these Disney Plus series. I mean, WandaVision is coming out in twenty twenty now rather than next year. Um, so I think it's more of a fact that they're waiting for something. There's been rumors that they wanted Hailey Steinfeld to play uh, Kate Bishop, which I think is great ca casting. And it could be that with her currently filming a different series, that they're just going to be like, okay, let's wait for her to be ready. It's not like they're they already have Miss Marvel on the way. They have Moon Knight and all these different series. It's not that bad to say, okay, let's keep this one show on the back burner for now to focus on everything else. Plus, we we can't forget this is new for Marvel Studios. While they did kind of merge together with Marvel TV, they are kind of jumping into this uh, this new way of telling stories, and they don't even have anything to say. Okay, this is the direction we're heading for. This is how it should look. This is how it should work. Plus, I mean, WandaVision's already filming. WandaVision is a completely unique approach for the D plus series, and. Winter Soldier, uh, as a Falcon and Winter Soldier is also filming already, so it, there's no stress in that way, and I, I think Hawkeye isn't really on hold or anything or any creative differences. Some people like to point to the uh, Renner accusations. Mm -hmm. I just think it's they're waiting for some official casting, or they just saw that this wasn't from the story perspective. This wasn't as urgent as it originally was thought to be. Guys. Uh, you have it's hard to ignore the elephant in the room, which are, as Joe said, you know, um, the accusations of 
Jeremy Renner in his personal life. Yeah. I mm. don't this factors in as big as people are thinking, but it made them easier to this. It gave them easier chance to decide. Okay, let's let him. Let's let Jeremy Renner settle his shit before we pursue anything. Let him fix his stuff. Get his life together. They don't want another James Gunn situation where how they just fire him out of the like. The issue comes out, you're fired. They don't want to do that, so they're taking their time. Yeah, uh, you're not shooting shooting their foot with this. Um, I think the Ren- the Renner stuff it it made them easier to decide. But for the most part, I think it actually ties in a bit to the 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 Scott Derrickson stuff. I mean, the mm-hmm. as far as we know, Hawkeye thing was pushed because there was a shift in sort of Kevin Feige's big narrative plan in in Phase Four or whatever. And lo and behold, Scott's direction also leads because there was like a creative difference between how Kevin Feige wanted Doctor Strange 2 to go. So I think there's sort of a big, uh, sort of a connection between the two uh, bad news. I think one sort of lends itself to the other. Maybe Kevin Feige wanted something different for for Doctor Strange. Maybe it wanted to make a big plot the overall arc that would turn. Not require Jeremy Renner to show up. Not mm. require a Hawkeye story, which is why I guess they're also fast tracking Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's a priority for them rather than Hawkeye. Overall, I don't think I don't think the show is canceled. I just think it's gonna move. I mean, Guardians was delayed indefinitely, but we're still getting Guardians. We're still gonna get Hawkeye. Yeah. So there's not. We don't need to lose our minds over this as well. And uh, the thing is, um, Disney Plus, the new platform for MCU, it's, it's new. It's new, and they're taking a risk of having these big budget productions there of the series. And I think that they're trying to still find their footing. That's why they're trying to they lay it all out. Oops, we're gonna delay this a bit because we're gonna focus on this one, you know. And also, there's mm-hmm. that factor that um, there's still no Kate Bishop, and Kate Bishop is one of the main cast of that series, and that also factor yeah. as to the delay of this series. I mean, plus they already have artwork and everything prepared, so it's not like they're just going to prepare all those concepts and not do anything with it. Mm-hmm. That just feels like a, a, a telltale sign that it's still happening. It's just they decided some other things have a higher priority. Yeah, they, they even yeah, have I mean, an opening sequence ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, as, as both of you mentioned, this is a new endeavor for Marvel. I mean, honestly... I kind of wish they didn't announce all the Disney Plus shows first. I wish they yeah. saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier goes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a hit like the way Mandalorian was. But, you know, just to be safe, I wish they sort of held back on a little bit of the the new shows and sort of like introduce shows one at a time. Like, here's one of the visions. What if here's Loki, here's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. These are the only shows we're having. And then... Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out. It's a big hit, and then okay, shit, you guys love that. Wait till you see Moon Knight, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. uh, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Wait till you yeah. see four. I wish they did that approach instead of like you know blowing their load and saying everything ahead. But that's the way they decided to go. So, what can you do? I mean, it does open up an interesting question as how exactly they're going to communicate their phases moving forward. Because we don't really know, like, we have this phase four plan, 
Then he teased what's coming in phase five. And then afterwards at D23, all of a sudden we had three new shows, never voiced if it's phase four, phase five. Now all of a sudden all the shows are being kind of pushed or uh, already pushed into production. So there's they're phase four, but Hawkeye's kind of shoved out. So it's phase five. It's I, I think what the big challenge is going to be is how they're going to start communicating the kind of timeline or phases they're doing um, because all, we are, we're not going to wait until Comic-Con every time to say, okay, this is, so this is the new plan. Uh, WandaVision already released actually. So that's here and that's there. I think it's going to be important that they trying to keep some kind of transparency up on where shows land or when shows release or what is part of what phase, or maybe just get rid of phases altogether moving forward. Um, that's now the last remaining news for the, that's the main big news for the week is the official Eternals synopsis that's been teased, and it, it involves an Avengers Endgame connection. Charles, what do you think of this synopsis that was released for the Eternals? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's far for the course with what we were sort of expecting. Like, yeah, this is after Endgame, and it's going to be weird for a post-Endgame story to ignore what happened in Endgame, considering it literally fucking changed the universe. So it's going mm-hmm. to be hard to ignore that. I am curious, though, if Endgame will be the actual catalyst of the, maybe the surfacing of the deviants, as we know in the synopsis. Maybe Thanos, maybe that Tony Stark snap did something to the universe that awakened the Celestials and the, the deviants. I wonder if, if that's sort of the connection they're going to make. But for the most part, yeah, it makes sense. I wonder if it has to do with Thanos himself. Because he has ties to to Eternals and the Deviants in a way that mm-hmm. it kind of forces them to realize, oh crap, <laughs> we're kind of out there, even though they don't know the connection. So they try to scramble to, I don't know, I don't know, do some PR work. Hey, we're actually good guys, but or the <laughs> Deviants at least see this as a way to, hey, we can come out and finally attack. The Earth is weak. They're still kind of getting over what happened and. They'll just use that opportunity. It's it's such a strange thing because we know that it's going to span pretty much the history of the MCU before yeah. heroes were even a thing. Um, so the question is, is that if this en- post-Endgame uh, synopsis tease actually is the main plot driver? Or it's just a way to kind of bring people's attention to it. It's like, hey, this has to do with Endgame. And it's actually only a one element or one small storyline in this history-expanding epic. Yeah, I think I think the Endgame reference would just be like um, a somewhat a message to the fans and hey, this is connected to the MCU. Go watch it, and this will mm. be a big payoff moving forward. And also, there's this uh, set photos between Gemma Chan, Cersei, and Kit Harington's uh, Dane Whitman or Black Knight, and it involves um, you know there being attack. An unknown threat, and I'd like to connect that thing here with the with the uh, synopsis. It, it says in the synopsis that there is an unexpected tragedy that forces the Eternals to be out of the shadows. We know that Gemma Chan Cersei is the is the Eternal that will be out in the shadows, like like a normal person, like he, he is in uh, normal yeah. human clothes. And uh, I think that unexpected tragedy tragedy would be no, not not killing off Gemma Chan Cersei, but uh, attacking her and then making her aware. Of oh no, the divines are here. They're alive mm. and well, and they're going to attack. I must inform 
the other Eternals, and that's why the, the clash begins after that. I, I just realized, realized this now when Joe mentioned it. Like, I fucking forgot. Thanos is a fucking Eternal and a yeah. Deviant. Maybe I, ju- I just realized this when Joe mentioned Thanos being the sort of the connection to Endgame. Maybe the fact that Thanos doesn't exist in the this sort of main MCU timeline as one of like one of the earliest forms of Eternals and Deviants, maybe that is sort of the catalyst of for why the Deviants are back. Maybe yo, you fucking killed mm. our own. You fucking killed Thanos. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Maybe that's the whole beef. He's sort of he's like the only hybrid Eternal Deviant. So maybe that's I guess that's how it connects. Mm. Like Thanos is a god to them, and they're like, "Hey, they kill their leader or something." Let's. Oh yeah, Maybe, revenge yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Those are our top five news of the week for the MCU, and now we're gonna move on to our new segments called the Exchange. Okay, <laughs> it's really fitting <laughs> since it's the MCU Exchange podcast. Here we're gonna talk about and dissect the latest rumor of the week, and at the end of, at the end of the, every at the end of the argument, we will either thumbs up or thumbs down if it's. It's if it's confirmed or not. First off is the Hulkling rumor. Yeah, that's uh, Hulkling has been rumored to debut in One Division, and there's a certain sword connection. First off, Charles, what do you think? Is this going to be? Is this is going to happen? Well, it, it certainly. It's good if it happens. It's gonna make fucking One Division the again the craziest fucking show Marvel will ever produce, next to maybe Legion, like. You're getting fucking sword. You're getting um, nightmare. Mm-hmm. You're getting twins. You're getting a sitcom, and now we're gonna get a scroll. So if it's true, it's gonna be the biggest fucking thing ever. It's gonna be the most ambitious show Feige does. I mean, it makes sense because um, because one of Wanda's kids is in a relationship with the uh, Hawkling in the comics, but given that we only sort of know that they're gonna appear as kids in not as full-on young adults. It, it, it's up in the air. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because the, the sort of... Um, the casting call sort of says that it's a, it's a kid sort of hiding with swords. Is that correct? Did I get yes. that correct? It's a, yeah. the, the casting call... The casting call for, for someone named Teddy. Sword. Yeah. yeah, who requires help from sword. So I don't know how this ties into the big picture. I mean... It's cool as a nerd to see Hawkling and Sword be involved in the story in this capacity, but for the most part, I don't know what to make of him appearing, him him mattering in the actual big story. story. Yeah, the storyline. Mm. Joe, what do you think? I, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Hawkling outside of a, a few a few comics I read with Young Avengers. And I, I think it's a cool inclusion, especially because it teases more and more of this development towards a Young Avengers film or Disney Plus series, which is becoming just very evident with all these Young Avenger characters being introduced in different series or films. The thing for me is just the question, WandaVision is already such a interesting concept full of characters and now including S.W.O.R.D. And it's really hard or difficult to say will Hulkling as a character be nothing more than a cameo? Just like a short moment where he runs in to kind of introduce us to this new organization. Maybe add that it has ties to whatever Nick Fury's doing in space in the post credit sequence from Far From Home. Or if he actually has any plot relevance in that regards. So that I think will be, be quite interesting to explore because WandaVision's already so out there and what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish... 
And as much as it sounds, I don't want Soar to take too much away from this really freaky concept they're trying to push with the WandaVision show. And so I, I don't, I, I'm happy about the inclusion, um, but I'm really unsure what they're going to do with him, especially if he's a kid. How long are we going to wait for the Young Avengers? But if everyone else is a different age, it's it could be very, very... It, it's hard to figure out what exactly Feige is working on or where, where we're heading right now. It's exciting in one way, but really, really odd. <laughs> <laughs> Just you have all the young Avengers and then like uh, Wanda's kids and Hulkling are just kind of babies or really small toddlers. <laughs> yes. Right. And uh, I think this is a massive, one division is a massive risk for MC, for Marvel Studios at large, because you know, they're putting everything, like everything is here. Everything is here already. It's a big, big series already. You have Sword. You have the resurrection of Vision. And I don't know how will that happen. You know, maybe it's because of the reality-altering powers of Wanda. And the twins mm -hmm. of Wanda and Vision. As well as this this guy now, Hulkling. And it's all coming. I don't know if it's all, I don't know if it's all coming together, but it's going to be um, a different take on this um of how marvel tells the story because it's going to be a big one right so guys what do you think is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down charles you first thumbs up for sure just because i'm a fan of hawkling and i'm a fan of the young avengers and i'd love to see him down the line so what better way than you know getting him this year but again i don't know how it's gonna fit i hope if they fucking do this just for, you know, just to make a cameo, make a bloated cameo, then it's, it's sort of pointless at this point. Why do you have to introduce him now? He could have waited down the line. But for the mm -hmm. most part, thumbs up. I want to see him. Got it. Joe, thumbs up or thumbs down? Also, thumbs up for me. I, I think it'll be interesting, and Feige has always had a, an interesting way of introducing characters. It's just, it's going to be really interesting where we're heading now with all these films and characters. Me, um, thumbs up. Yeah, I want to see much more characters, and I trust Kevin Feige's vision. That's that's where I'm leaning on, Kevin Feige, <laughs> and I trust what direction on what direction that will be putting everyone's everyone show is. Before we end, I'm gonna promote. Um, you follow us on our social media. You can check out check out our website at www.mcuexchange.com. You're gonna find the latest news and breakdown of every rumor there. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash mcuexchange. Go follow us over at Facebook as well. It's facebook.com slash mcuexchange. And you can also listen to us on YouTube. It's at mcuexchange. And uh, there's a lot of videos there that Charles made if you want to get that sense of nostalgia in the MCU. <laughs> Kudos to you, Charles. <laughs> and uh, guys, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. -E Joe, can you promote your Twitter? Um, my Twitter's at that Abel, A-B-E-R-L. My Twitter is at CFS Villanueva. You can follow us there and you can ask us questions, give us a talk, or any, anything else. Thank you for listening. You can listen to us. At Spotify, that's at the MCU Exchange Podcast. Go search for us. Go follow us. You can also follow us on Podbean. You can also listen to us over at YouTube. And that has been the MCU Exchange Podcast. This has been, this has been episode two. This has been me, Aaron, Charles, and Joe. Thank you for listening, Marvelites. Bye.
バイ。